Hello and welcome to the Proximo podcast. This is your host Maisie Clark reporting to you from London. On today's podcast, I'm pleased to welcome Udo Schneider from advisory firm Green Giraffe for what is sure to be an informative and insightful discussion on the effects of supplier and interest rate hikes on the cost of energy and developers in Europe. Udo is part of the managing team of Green Giraffe, a specialist advisory firm focused on the energy transition, where he has been offering advice on several sell-side and buy-side equity transactions, debt raises, and commercial contracting for energy transition projects in various development stages and countries. He also provides advice on tenders and renewable energy offtake solutions. Amongst others, Udo led the debt and equity raises for the offshore wind projects TWB2, Global Tech 1, and Goadwind 1, all in Germany as well as the development, structuring and sale of a 1.5 gigawatt offshore wind portfolio to RWE in Poland. He also supervised the portfolio and pipeline valuation for the recently announced JV between Enercon and EWE, Alterac, and the sale of the offshore wind service provider EWE OSS to Vinci Energies. Before joining Green Giraffe, Udo worked in the infrastructure finance and renewables team of PwC for 14 years, where he advised investors, developers, and industry players on several onshore and offshore wind projects, as well as infrastructure and public-private partnership projects around the world. Udo holds a Bachelor of Business in Finance from the University of Technology, Sydney, and graduated from Hamburg University with a degree in economics. Before we begin, I'd like to provide a bit of context to the issues to be discussed on this podcast. As governments and central banks grapple with inflation at levels not seen for decades, rising costs are starting to put renewable energy development under strain. Punishingly high oil and gas prices following Russia's war on Ukraine and the recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic have, ironically, driven up renewables manufacturing costs directly, as well as contributing to a broader inflationary surge inflamed by supply chain issues caused by China's zero COVID policy. The consequences of escalating financing and materials costs will reverberate along the entire chain of market participants responsible for developing renewable energy projects. Udo, it's great to welcome you and your expertise to the podcast today. Thanks, Macy. Pleasure to be here. I think it would be great to start with a bit of background as to why rates needed to be increased in the first place and how this increase directly impacts the levelized cost of energy. Stating the obvious, what central banks do if inflation rises is that they try to increase the cost of capital so it slows down and cools down the economy a bit. So that's that's exactly what we're seeing here, except that I would say the, the triggers of the inflation, certainly when I look at Europe, um, where I'm based, you know, the key triggers over the recent sort of 12 to, to 18 months have been on the oil and gas part of things. So it's the energy crisis and certainly since the Ukraine war that that changed everything and prices just skyrocketed a lot. So that clearly affects the cost of energy per se because gas prices uh, just went up. States just trying to secure supply of gas, replacing Russian gas, which has historically been very, very cheap. Um, Certainly when it comes to Germany, but it's also been feeding uh, part of the European economy. So that's that's clearly one thing, but it directly affects the cost of electricity because of the merit order and, and the way energy and electricity is traded. So there's been a direct effect uh, on, on inflation. And at the same time, raising cost of capital was the mean that is usually used to try to cool down the economy and yeah, counterbalance these effects. Yeah, definitely. And I guess following on from that, what's the relationship between energy prices and inflation? When I look at it from a renewables 
developer perspective, and I think that's that's I guess why we're here. There's like so many positions and views one could take on this, but taking this particular perspective, I would say the direct impact that we've seen with inflation for developer developing renewables projects, take an, take an offshore wind project, I think large scale, they primarily use a lot of raw materials, right? It's it's about a lot of steel to be deployed. So steel prices went up over the last 18 months enormously, have come down quite a bit over recent months. You can argue it's a direct effect of, yeah, of what? Of, of a cooling economy? Was that related to rise in interest rates? Possibly like a general uncertainty in the market that has actually helped, but overall, cost of steel, cost of raw materials is still very, very high, and that affected developers directly in this. It's not, it's not just the the high price that is an issue; it's also the volatility itself that makes it a bit more difficult to take investment decisions uh, on a on a proper informed basis and and to secure the long-term fixed prices. So that's clearly been an issue affecting. The returns for developers creating uncertainty high electricity prices you know is something that developers for obvious reasons like to see it's uh, you can sort of pass on some of your cost but if at the same time the cost of capital goes up it starts to squeeze and into your eat into your returns so these things are clearly all related yeah definitely and you've already touched upon it but developers are going to have to endure the resultant higher debt costs directly, and how will accommodating these new costs affect them? We can talk about this from an offshore wind perspective or or renewables more broadly. First of all, I think there there's a lot of good news here when it comes to renewables developers. Why? Because let's state the obvious, they're not dependent on fuel cost. They're not burning anything that's super expensive these days. They use natural resources. So as far as I'm concerned, wind, sun, and water is still for free, and that's that's the key benefit. So for renewables, I'm not saying it's without challenges, but it's now or never to demonstrate that this is the way to go, and not for, let's say, tree-hugging purposes, but for economic reasons, right? This is an economic imperative. It really needs to happen. So it's the starting point is not bad compared to other generating sources. It's the way to go. Still, there's a lot of pressure on prices, on procurement, on making sure your business case stacks up in an environment where capital costs go up and in an environment where you don't need to buy fuel. Capital cost is one of the key drivers, if not the single most important driver of uh, of cost of electricity. And that includes also the returns of a developer. So it's a key driver. But when it comes to procurement strategies, they are clearly being revised. Right? It's difficult to make sure you've got the most efficient package secured. You really need to negotiate every piece. And it's at the same time that the supply market is stretched because clearly renewables is the way to go. It is the, I shouldn't say low-hanging fruit uh, to place energy production, but the targets have been rising by governments have been increased a lot over recent months. So the supply chain is, in a way, in a comfortable position as long as they can pass on their cost, which is exactly what they're doing. So really, the developers are being, you know, in the in the hot seat here and, and need to secure equipment and at the same time um, make sure their business case takes up. 
Yeah, definitely. Do you think we'll see developers approaching manufacturers directly going forwards as opposed to an EPC contractor? Or... Well, that depends on, on the industry, right? If it's mm-hmm. solar, yes, I, I would expect that to happen. If you look at offshore wind, for example, there's no EPC for offshore wind as such. Like We have hardly seen any of that. There's been the, the, the bigger packages for EPCI, for the turbines, for the cables, for the foundations and the likes, but not a single, let's say, EPC wrap um, for good and obvious reasons in, in, in this sector. But there is certainly increased pressure to break even those packages further down and try to negotiate directly wherever it makes sense, because it's it's essentially about the um, the risk margins embedded in some of these contracts um, and trying to make risk management a, a core strategy of the developer more directly um, as it used to be. And some of the big utilities have done that uh, over many, many years, but others will have to adjust to some extent to, to accommodate that. But it also depends on the source of capital you, you deploy. So if you are a utility investing on balance sheet, it's maybe a slightly different procurement strategy than what you would have if you use project finance. And if we move on, operation and maintenance contractors will either have more or less protection against inflation, depending on specific contractual structures. What complexities will the relationships between developers and O&M contractors face going forwards? It's going to be a trade-off, right? Where you need to, the, the challenge is to match your offtake strategy pricing and your O&M strategy. Again, like on the O&M side of things, let's not forget compared to a gas-fired power plant, you know, a renewable plant doesn't have the, the fuel cost as mentioned as mentioned before. But still, the O&M for the turbines, for the, for the balance of plant, uh, for the PV modules, whatever it is uh, that, that you're operating, these prices are expected to go up in the future with this rising inflation. Um, so securing long-term fixed contracts is the challenge and at what cost, right? That's, that's the key thing. So you really want to mirror the tenor of your offtake regime, I would say, as much as possible to your O&M strategy, you know, to your asset strategy and how long you want to operate, deploy, or otherwise run run that asset. It, it really is about making sure tenors are, are matched as much as possible. So you have a certain protection um, in your business case. How long or short term do you think these price rises will be? Yeah, that's the big question. Um, <laughs> so it, this is really a personal, let's say, opinion observation. I, I would expect, I would hope that we're dealing with a shorter term market issue um, but I at the same time don't think we'll come back to uh, prices for uh, cost of capital or uh, for electricity for energy that we've seen 18 or 24 months ago um, so I believe we are in, a, in an extraordinary situation um, I don't know how long it's going to last for but I'm hoping something like 12 months or so whatever a a shorter period um, and then uh, rates and, and prices to come back to a, let's say, more sustainable level, because clearly neither for society nor for industries, uh, these levels are, are sustainable. Um, I think one of the big challenges ahead of us in, let's say, Europe, uh, but I think it's a global uh, phenomenon, historically, 
industrial production was close by cheap energy. Um, and we realize this right now in the in the current market that this sort of system is under pressure because if we really want to move to low cost of renewables, i.e. the new source of energy, the challenge is to bring these energies to their customers because otherwise these customers will move to where the energy is cheap. So that's that's the biggest challenge uh, in the in the whole game. So also for that reason, I very much hope we're dealing with a rather short-term, uh, let's say, shock, and we we come back to to sustainable levels. Definitely, as you say, it really is unprecedented times. Um, I guess a final question from me would be: How are these price rises directly impacting the work you're doing at Green Giraffe? It does impact us a lot. Um, we haven't seen deals stopping, uh, which is good. Um, it's rather the opposite. There's a lot of activity in the market. There's a lot of need for, let's say, smart out-of-the-box ideas. Um, there's a need to react fast um, to, to changing environments and to remain flexible. Um, so for us, it, it really is, is an interesting time, uh, clearly not without challenges. Um, as an industry, as I said at the beginning, it's it's now or never, right? We I think the renewables industry now needs to show that it, it's it's a viable alternative option, um, and it's it's the way to go. And we need to we need to show that cost of electricity are much lower than any other alternative, um, and make that make that a big trend, right? I think it started already, and it's it's now it's the time to really prove. Um, that renewables can deliver and, and fill the gaps. Thanks, Udo. I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. Thanks so much again for joining me on the podcast. It will be really interesting to see the impact of the effects of supplier and interest rate hikes on the cost of energy going forward. Thanks a lot, Macy. It was a pleasure being here. Many thanks again, to Udo. I'd like to take a moment to remind listeners of our upcoming event in Texas. Our US Power and Renewables Finance 2022 event is being held in Austin, Texas from the 3rd to the 4th of November. This hybrid event will be available to attend online to all subscribers and with an attendee list that typically consists of over 70% developers, financial sponsors, institutional investors and funds in attendance. This year's event is positioned to be the place to connect with America's leading minds in power. Tickets are still available. Please reach out to Darcy Bell at darcy.bell at proximoinfra.com to inquire about attendance and go to our website for more information on this event and all things project finance, proximoinfra.com. 